Remembering the great DJs of radio, it's Radio Greats with the live Luke. This time on Radio Greats, I'm joined by someone who has spent the best part of three decades on the wireless, starting off at the age of 16 on MFM up in North Wales. He has worked up and down the country, mostly in the great uh, county of Yorkshire on Viking FM, Radio Air, and Pulse, and I'm pleased to learn a little more about him in this edition. But before I do, may I give a big welcome to Paul Griffiths, a.k.a. Griffo. I tell you what, 30 years and the hair has changed colour just to prove it. It's gone a, quite a bright coloured grey. Luke, thanks for having me on the show. Oh, my, my pleasure, Griffo. It's uh, great to have you and uh, to talk uh, all about the wireless. Um, so, Paul, Griffo? Welcome to Radio Greats, 30 years in the radio business, working up and down the country on various different stations. How was it you got the radio bug? I always think radio, and you've probably had a lot of people on from the radio industry that have said this, I think it's in your blood. I don't think you suddenly wake up one morning and think, oh, radio, I fancy trying that. And for me, I vividly remember being in the living room, probably about 1978. Now I'm showing my age here. I was born in 75. And the routine would be to have the radio on in the corner on an old-fashioned radiogram. We'd get ready for nursery or school. We'd be having our breakfast and I'd hear these really great songs. And this is as a three, four-year-old. So I'd remember stuff like 10cc, I'm Not In Love, Billy Joel, Just The Way You Are, John Paul Young, Love Is In The Air. And I loved the songs, but I was more interested in these little bits of speech in between the songs, but I didn't quite know what it was. So I was intrigued by that, to be honest. And it turns out that that person was Noel Edmonds and my parents were listening to BBC Radio 1 and they'd listen religiously every single morning because you've got to remember, Luke, there was no breakfast TV. There was no gadgets back in the 1970s. And I think locally... There was Radio City and there was, I think, Radio Cluid launched in 78. So they were BBC listeners first thing in the morning. So I had the bug from a very, very early age. And what a first presenter to listen to. So it's uh, 1992. Uh, you are 16 years old. And uh, just uh, north of where I am in Cardiff, you join MFM Marcher. So how did the Marcher gig come about? starting school you're always asked what you want to do the general answer from my classmates would be racing driver you know nurse police person teacher footballer that kind of stuff when I was ready to answer and looked at the teacher and said I want to be on the radio I want to be and I don't even think that I knew what a DJ or a presenter or a broadcaster was then I just wanted to be a voice that came out of the radio which is really bizarre for a youngster I did get a funny look from the teacher Yeah, so that was my dream. So obviously there was bedroom radio DJ pretending to be on the radio in your bedroom, parents knocking on the stairs saying, turn that racket down. And then I started doing kind of youth club discos because the youth club I went to, the DJ never showed up. And I was like 13 years of age at this point. And I always took my records with me because knowing he wouldn't show up, they dragged me onto the decks and, and that's what I would do. I tried to get into hospital radio, but they kind of had an age limit on that. I think you had to be over 16 and health and safety. Wrexham Hospital Radio Mylar lost my services. They never let me volunteer, uh, which was a bit sad. But yeah, so at school, my local radio station, obviously MFM March, I lived three miles away from that radio station and it launched in 83. And the presenters on that radio station, they were like demigods in the local area. They really were. I mean, I know you've had Terry Underhill on. Terry was a huge star in Wrexham, Chester and North Wales. Trevor James, Brian Smart, Ray Rose, another guest you've had, Simon Davis. They were like icons. And I thought to myself, one day I want to be one of those people. Now, fame never interested me. I never got into radio for fame and money. Anybody that does, choose something else. But I wanted to be like them in terms of, I want to go on the microphone, play music, brighten people's days up, you know, because that's what they did for me. So at Brinoffer School in Wrexham, the careers teacher dragged us all in individually and just said, what do you want to do when you're older? And again, like that teacher back at primary school, I want to be on the radio. Careers teacher, you know, only one in 250,000 people ever get to do that. 
So I left the office a little bit gutted, deflated, but more determined than ever probably to achieve this. You get to go and work experience when you're at high school. And this was kind of 1990 time now. And March uh, had split frequencies. They were now March Gold and MFM. And so that's where I wanted to go for my two weeks work experience. I wanted to go to that radio station. I get the bus every morning because it wasn't too far away. But as it turned out, somebody else had already put their name down to go to MFM. Again, absolutely devastated. I think the careers teacher, in fairness, Luke, was like, yeah, you know when I said one in 250,000, I've made it one in 251,000 now for you. So yeah, that happened. My media teacher, a guy called Mr. Chadwick, he was amazing and he was a great media teacher. He was also deputy head at the school and he knew how much I loved radio. He knew that that's what I wanted to do and he made it happen. So I went to MFM for two weeks work experience. It was June 1990. It was incredible, Luke. It really was. I remember day one like it was yesterday. I don't even remember Atlantic 252, but there's a guy, Kevin Palmer. He did Kevin and Andrew in the morning. When I went on work experience in July 1990, Kevin was actually leading up the commercial production department at Marcher in Wrexham. Uh, so he did that. And he was also like a swing presenter, depping on shows as well. And he kind of took me under his wing, him and Paul Mewis, who was the programme controller and head of news. He gave me my first show. There was Phil Roberts, who was doing the evening show at the time, Ray Rose, Andy Parry, Trevor James, Avian Jones and Chris Farrell. And also Kevin Howard as well. You know, he kind of gave me my first paid work at Marcher during that time, taking PRS details on records during that two-week work experience. So I actually got paid as well. Phenomenal. The actual first day I walked in there and Kevin Palmer's running Comprod, I saw three voice sessions that day. The first of all was the legend Phil Sayer, who's sadly no longer with us. Nick Cody, phenomenal voiceover, but Steve Coogan. Steve Coogan on day one work experience. I've got Alan Partridge, massively famous afterwards with voiceovers and spit and image and stuff, but he sat in the corner in Studio 3 at Wrexham, voicing a new commercial for the new Ford Sierra available from Kirby's Wrexham. It was just like, you know, looking back at it now, I know who he is. But back then it was just like, he was just like a regular voiceover that would come across. They were all heroes. But that two weeks really cemented in my mind, radio's definitely the career for me. If they could take me on in the future, that'd be amazing. And it kind of snowballed from there because I did continue there. The one thing that's always interested me around, about March around this time, and I remember, as you pointed out with uh, Terry Underhill, I remember saying to him um, before they split frequencies, yeah. there wasn't really and put aside BBC Radio Cloyd because it was only local breakfast show they had. In North Wales, there was no real competition for radio. So it was unlike, say, in South Wales, where you had maybe Red Dragon and Swansea Sound, even though they were both different sides of, of the South Wales border. Actually, Luke, commercial radio in the Northwest was really competitive. You could pick up so many stations. And MFM and March, of course, the TSA was in England and Wales. So that was a challenge as well. The actual geography of the area is pretty flat. So what happens is with the transmission is that even though MFM and Marcher was for a specific area, the signal beamed a lot further than what it was supposed to go to. So what you found was that you would get people ringing from outside of the TSA that would get in touch. In terms of competition, Radio City has always been fantastic in that area. And Radio City were kind of right but it was quite Liverpool-centric. So I think Marcher et into North Wales and did a job there. Signal easily picked up within the TSA. And so, in fact, was Red Rose and Piccadilly Q103. You could hear a lot of really great commercial-sounding radio stations all within that patch. And to be different, you had to be really local. And MFM and Marcher absolutely nailed that. And that's why the names I mentioned before were iconic, because they were out in the TSA. They were out at the opening of the local Leo supermarket down the road. They were at the local cinema just before the big blockbuster started. And the branding was everywhere. Marketing people, salespeople, engineers, they all make radio stations. And to make that radio station successful, everybody in every single department has to up their game and be the best at it. And that's when you really find success. And MFM and Marcher for a time were really big in its patch. And it was a pleasure to work there. It really was. 
Absolutely. And um, going back on um, Marcher and the work experience, and it, ne- it, as you said, it never left you. Can you remember the first show you ever did with Marcher? Yeah, it was March 7th, 1992, Luke. And uh, it's a day I'll never forget, really. It was, um, it was a bit surreal, you know, 16 years of age to, to be doing professional radio. It's like... <laughs> I have no life experience. So what do you do when you're on the radio at 16? It was daunting. It really was. But it was such a buzz and such a thrill. I absolutely loved it. Broadcasting to the Northwest on 1034 and 97.1 in stereo. Hi, good evening. Saturday, the 7th of March, 1992. Cold, wet and windy in the northwest tonight with a high of 4 degrees. A clearer day tomorrow with a high of 9. And here comes a diva. The biggest of all in Chester and North Wales. Quicks to Ford, quick to care. That's Quicks. Between now and midnight, we've got the very best in stereo hit music power from MFM. Also got instant giveaways and the sample as well. All the hits, all the time. MFM. MFM. Music Power. 10 years uh, you were with Marcher and am I right in thinking you did every show on the station? I think I probably did do every single show to be fair and there's a lot of people to thank along the way I mentioned Paul Mewis earlier who was the programme controller and head of news he was very supportive Phil Roberts too he was doing the MFM breakfast show at that point he always championed me we're from the same village and stuff Kevin Howard who was running the AM service Marcher Gold not only did Kevin give me my first paid work but he used to get me in on Saturday mornings when it was busy during the Christmas shopping period he would have me phone car parks to see if there was any spaces and then I went on to take cuts for the sports show they would come down the line from IRN on a Saturday afternoon so that was good it got me used to using carts um, which every single presenter that was in radio around that time I mean carts were everywhere in the studio bulk raising them though with your watch on not a good idea I learned that in the first few weeks that's for sure I also used to TO the network chart with David Kidgenson on a Sunday afternoon playing in the adverts when there was local breaks. So that was kind of my grounding. I've got to mention Martin McNicholas as well. He was doing the MFM Drive show at the time. He became a really good friend at the radio station, really supportive. We also worked together in nightclubs in Chester later on, and he helped me move my stuff as well to Hull when I moved to Viking FM. So lots of people to be thankful to. I mentioned Ray Rose and Andy Parry a little earlier. It was Andy's show that I covered first of all back in 1992, and then later Terry Underhill joined. And that was a bit surreal in 19. 1995, because I'd listened to Terry as a kid. He'd been like a hero of mine. Then all of a sudden, he's my new boss. And we continued to work together for five years. But I think anybody's goal is to kind of get to the breakfast show. Once you've done the breakfast show at a radio station, it's like you rub your hands and it's like, what next? And you tend to then move on. Because Marcher was my local radio station, even though it's heart and capital now, I still drive past that building whenever I'm home. And if I won the lottery, I'd buy that building because it'd make a really cool house. Coercal in Rex and that's where it is. So, yeah, I think I started off doing the evenings and I was covering stuff and then there was a mix and match of shows and then eventually in 97, Dave Shearer phoned me up whilst I was on air. He was interested in hiring me for Hallam FM. It was 1997 and I went across to Hallam and did a couple of shows. He was looking for new daytime. You want a Today's best music. This is Hallam FM at 18 minutes to four. Don't forget the two-time show here, four till seven with Howard Pressman. And Brett Harley here from seven tonight with a hot seven at seven. Here at today's best music, Hallam FM. This is Paul and for Simon till four with OMC. And he was quite interested. And at the time, Glenn, who was doing our evening show at MFM, was about to leave to go to Rock FM. This is Glenn Hunt. 
And so <laughs> you use one against the other. And I said to Terry, I said, look, I really like to have my own regular show so I can really put a stamp on it because I've had my own shows, but they've just been like the late show at the weekend or it's been the overnights or it's been an evening show here and there. I want something six days a week that I can really get my teeth into. And Terry's like, well, you know, the evening show's now free. So Hallam didn't happen. MFM Evenings happened. That is such a great record. SWV with Michael Jackson. And right here before that, it was Whitney Houston. And I want to dance with somebody who loves me. Welcome to the all-new Evening Show. 12 minutes past six. Hope you had a good night. Very quickly, MFM Drive happened. Years of a new album in the pipeline as well. It's simply read, Say You Love Me. Six minutes to five. Thursday drive time, keeping the region on the move. This is Paul at MFM till six. And then Steve Fennell, who was doing the MFM breakfast show at the time. We shared a house together. Great mates. Good guy. He left and launched Galaxy in the Northeast. And then so I was shoehorned in on the breakfast show. It's in the morning. Tomorrow morning, 8.15, Griffo Gotchas are back. Hello? Yeah, who's that? Who's that? Who's that? Who's that? Who's that? I'm not telling you. But now we've had to extend it again. Well, clearly that's not my problem. Who are we going to get in the morning? But who's that? Would, who would you like to speak? Do you do the pizzas? No, it's not, because you've just, like, turned up, knocked on the door, said, you know, do you want to buy some windows? Always a giggle. MFM Breakfast tomorrow morning, 8.15. The Gotchas are back. Wake up! The freshest show in the morning with Bob Griffiths. Somebody, hopefully, is going to win £80 this morning on the Mystery Voice, and it could be Samantha. Hello, Samantha. Hello. How are you today? Okay, thank you. You're feeling good, are you? Not too bad. Are you going to win? I hope so. I do too. Who do you think our voice is? Um, a stab in the dark. I think it's Drew Barrymore. Oh, and it was a stab as well. Hey, have a good day today. Okay, it's not thanks. right. Bye. See you soon. Bye. So tomorrow on the show, it's worth 85 quid if you can get this right. Yeah. Griffo got you coming up. And that for me was like kind of goal achieved, Luke. You know, it was like, you know, I enjoyed doing the breakfast show. It was really good fun out in the TSA doing wind up calls. The time had come, I think, 2000. Radio City came knocking at that time. That was Richard Maddock. Had a couple of meetings at Radio City. They were ready to move to the tower. It was going to be the night show. I fancied working at Radio City, absolutely, because that was a bit of a dream. But I thought I'd done 10 years in radio and I didn't think overnight was probably my next best option. And I turned the job down based on the fact that I just really didn't fancy driving into Liverpool, even though I love the city in the middle of the night to do overnights again. It felt like I was starting my career again a little bit. In hindsight, when you look back, it's probably one of my little regrets in radio, not joining Radio City, because Richard and Sean Marley, who were running it at the time, did promise me a little bit, and I kind of wish I would have gone there. But then Viking came knocking, so it didn't end bad. Well, um, before we come on to Viking, I do I just uh, two points with Marcher, because... Um you mentioned about um, when you do in every show. This was also around the time Marcher was expanding and we were seeing uh, the birth of Coast 96.3 and also Champion. Um, did you ever do um, bits of uh, work for them or were they... Uh... <laughs> no, but actually the radio group, Marcher Radio Group, did grow into five radio stations and I was head of production as well. So I was making the imaging and the jingles for the radio stations and the interesting one was Champion 103. Now, we're both Welsh, Luke, and I don't know how much Welsh you speak. Do you speak a lot of Welsh? Very good. Champion 103, the remit for that radio station was bilingual. So, Welsh and English. Making production and not speaking too much Welsh was a massive challenge. It really was. So I'd have to write down, obviously, what I wanted the voiceover to, you know, in English. And then we got a Welsh voiceover artist to do the Welsh bits and then putting them together in production. So they said the same thing. And what I've got I on music, though, I have you, Champion Cantafri. Playing the best of yesterday and today, Champion 103. It was a massive challenge. Never got to do a show on Champion 103 because that would have been a big mistake. No, it was just kind of MFM. And then if you did nighttime stuff, you were on all of them. So I didn't do specific shows for the stations, but if you did the late show or if you did overnights, you were on them anyway. But then that didn't require Welsh speech. So that was good. But yeah, it grew quite big. Five stations, fair play. It, you know, from that station in 1983, March of Sound, it grew quite quickly. 
And in the decade you were with Marcher, what was your main highlight? It's got to be getting the breakfast show. Like I said before, any presenter would be lying if they said they didn't want to do the big show on the radio station. And as soon as Terry gave me the call and said, look, you know, Steve's going off and doing his thing in his homeland. We'd love you to do the MFM breakfast show. That for me was a dream come true. And during that time, I got to host the Chester Christmas light switch on to thousands there on Northgate Street and stuff at Chester Racecourse. I got to go out on the pitch at Wrexham Football Club mid-game. And for me, it was like, I kind of made it at the radio station. But I also knew that when that ended, then it was time to go. I think it was like kind of my final swan song at the radio station. I'd been there since 1990 in some capacity doing radio shows and driving the desk for somebody or doing OBs. It was brilliant. It was really good. It set me up. But while my mates were out playing football in the park or going to nightclubs or pubs, I was in Studio 3 in Wrexham editing Revox tape on Studio Tape Machine, setting myself up for a career in this industry. I remember wandering around the building as a 16-year-old in 1992 doing a bank holiday Monday afternoon in the building on my own. So much power. Obviously, I didn't abuse it. But just thinking to myself, how on earth did this happen to a 16-year-old boy from an estate in Coipoith in Wrexham? It was just mesmerising. And I owe everything to that radio station. Uh, but of course, things come to an end. 103.4 MFM. Turn the radio up. Some big tunes to play, including more Chiba, Donnell Jones, Louise, Mary Mary and All Saints. What a tune this is. Robbie Williams, Rock DJ. Me with the floor show, kicking with your torso. If you want to know where I'm going, I think I can quite safely say I'm going 150 miles away to a place called Hull. I'm going to work for a radio station called Viking FM. Thank you for tuning in. By the way, this is the Northwest number one radio station. Station MFM, thank you. And the millennium arrived, and so do new opportunities, as you had mentioned, um, with Radio City, which uh, you turned down. And you did say as well um, that you had hoped to go to Hallam, uh, but that never happened. But uh, nevertheless, another Yorkshire station did pick you up in the form <laughs> of Viking FM. Yeah, Viking was an interesting one because. Back in those days, Luke, PDs were a little bit like football managers, really shrewd. So what they'd do, and this is kind of early days of the internet, so not a lot of radio shows were kind of streaming then. PDs would get in their car and they would go and drive around the country and they would go and listen. And whoever they liked, generally, they'd try and tap up and poach. And that's what happens with football, isn't it? It's like you're trying to get your best players for your team. So that happened a lot, particularly in the 1990s. It wasn't surreal to get a call off a PD whilst you were on air. Andrew Robson, who was running the station, phoned me up whilst I was on MFM and said, do you fancy meeting up? Do you want to chat? And those meeting points back in those days, I'm not sure if it happens so much now, were service stations, <laughs> you know. OK, I'll see you tomorrow. M62, we'll meet at Birch or whatever the nearest one was or halfway point. So that's what happened. Andrew said, I'm building a team at Viking. I've got JK and Joel on breakfast. Sam Hayward's doing afternoons. And Scott Makin, who was then doing mid-mornings, was going back home to TFM with his family. So he was looking to fill that hole. And uh, he said, will you meet us? So I agreed to meet him the next day. He was really keen to meet quickly. I think he really wanted to secure that show quite quickly. So, yeah, I met him. We didn't actually meet at Birch in the end because I was running late and uh, we met on Saddleworth Moor of all places. <laughs> I remember it quite vividly, you know, by where the satellite dishes are. I don't know if you've ever been there. Yeah, got into his car. We had a little chat and we hit it off. How do you fancy coming to Viking? And I'm like, well, I've never been to Hull in my life. I won't make a decision now, but I'd like to come and see Hull and maybe there's a possibility. I went away and considered it and then went across to Hull and had a little look around. And for those guys that have worked at Viking or been there, it's lovely. The building's not there now, but the old boathouse in Hull. Oh my goodness. It's like, it's a postcard. It's on a marina. When you turn up there, there's like mini yachts there. And I turn up on a sunny day. I'm like, I could quite holiday here to be fair. <laughs> Just book my next holiday at the Holiday Inn. And yes, yeah, so I was kind of sold on that a little bit. And uh, I ended up joining Viking FM. And I'm like, yeah, go on, let's do it. I was there for five years doing mid-mornings. 
it was a good lineup. It really was. You know, when I arrived there, like I said, it was JK and Joel on breakfast. They were flying. Ray Jars were massive. And interestingly, my very first introduction to the radio station was a huge gig. I'd not done a show yet. It was Party on the Pier, it was called. And it was at Cleethorpes on the beach. It was July 2000. Yeah, 50,000 people, I think, on the beach and thrown on the stage in front of everyone. It was fun. Yeah, five years. Dean Sil Curley, the number two. Who's that? Hi, it's Lee. Hi, Lee. Where are you calling from? Uh, calling from Sardaric Electrical Services. Is it a busy day for you today, fella? It's not. It's very quiet because all our customers are off on holiday as well. So you're kind of skiving around the office today, are you? Yeah, I just thought I'd give you a ring. That's the way. You go for it. What's the year? 1987. Top 10 at 10. Songs, one year. Breaking FM, top 10 at 10. Most get it right. Well done. 14 years ago, 1987. Number one, this. George Michael and Aretha Franklin. As the story goes, they recorded the song and the video in separate studios because they couldn't bear each other's guts. But there was a really good social culture there. We all used to go down the pub on a Friday night. There was lots of gigs that the radio station did, so we were in clubs all the time. Massive social element. It was a good learning curve. It really was. You know, learning how EMAP, uh, how they operated, and the opportunities became a bit more vast with, like, Heat Radio and the Hits Radio and the magic stuff as well. So um, it was all good fun, Luke. It really was. Anyway, it's 9.40. It's St. Paddy's Day today, and we have got an amazing trip to Dublin that you could win some point today. Listen out for our leprechaun man. When you hear him, bell us up. You could be in with the winning with Guinness and Viking. New music now. Love this. James Blunt. She said to me. Go steady. Yeah, Viking FM of the weekend, loving that band. Scissor Sisters, Mary. Four o'clock today, Dan Wood, Floor Fillers tonight with Alex. Deja vu on the radio tonight from nine. Viking FM presents Ripo's Trivia Challenge. Not off to a great start, Louise, you know, but we can only build on it, can't we? Well, I suppose we can try. All the things that that record still sounds ace, doesn't it? Coldplay and Yellow. We also played you blue as well. You make me wonder how you're doing today. You're well. Wednesday morning, this is Viking. Bang in the middle of the week. It's one of those horrible days today, isn't it? Woke up. I'm sure it was raining all night. I think I light slept last night. Just like uh, didn't really get a deep sleep on and stuff. And I'm sure it was belting down. Uh, it's given it for most of the day as well. But listen, everybody is trying to phone through at the moment saying, Griffo, did you play that huge call for the money's in the music? No, I never. I've only been on air 12 minutes. But I will surely before the end of the show today at one o'clock. Yesterday was Sam Haywood. Somebody got nine records from the greatest hits montage on the money's in the music. The person that gets the last one and gets 10 right will get themselves 10 grand. I hope I'm going to be the person today to give away that money, which is sat right here in the studio. Make a note of this number if you want to play. 07004-969-969. Top 10 at 10 coming up at 10 o'clock this morning. Uh, usually around 9.30 we play the number 11 record and give you a bit of a clue. I'll still do that today for you. I will do that in about 15 minutes here at Viking. Loads of brilliant tunes for your workday. Blue Control coming up. Brand Van 3000. And this is Angel City. Love me right. Viking. Well, it's when you mention about visiting Hull, I mean, I, I've never, I've never visited Hull, and I think the only, the only sort of experience I, I would say I'd have of Hull is from that episode of Only Fools and Horses to <laughs> Hull and back. Um, but um, it, Viking has always sounded like a huge amount of fun, and um, as you, as you said, you were doing um, mid mornings across uh, across the city, and um, what was that like? Because I mean, even though you said at March again the breakfast show was a big thing, I always find mid mornings on the radio. It's um, as a, as a presenter, it's um, it's more of a nicer time than say breakfast. Yeah, absolutely. I joined to do mids, as you said, and it was like the top ten at ten, which across the whole EMAP network was a huge feature, and the Viking audience were just dead loyal to the radio station. You'd sneeze on air. And they'd call in to see if you were all right. It was just, they cared. So just as an example, when I go in and do the top 10 at 10 of a morning, I would get several hundred texts guessing the year of that. Hundreds of calls. It was a phenomenon. 
people just loved it. It was a part of people's lives and it was massive. And I think everybody really appreciated what the radio station was trying to do. And the radio station really rewarded the listeners as well. We really cared. We, you know, we'd go out and socialise with them. We'd do pub crawls with them. We would literally take the beautiful South round to their front garden and play. And that's in my experience. And Hull, definitely, the listeners really loved the radio station. And um, it was a good place to be at that time. A record from the 90s in Lenny Kravitz. It ain't over till it's over. Quite apt, really. That's it, then. This is Griffo, my last show after five years at Viking. Thanks for experiencing my Viking journey. Thanks for phoning up. Thanks for your texts. Thanks for your emails on the top 10 at 10. I'll never forget it. I'm moving to 96.3 Radio Air in Leeds. If ever you're in the area, I'd love to hear off you. I wish Viking all the best for the future and hope they continue to win awards. They really are the best. And thank you very much. One thing for me to do. The year of the top 10 at 10 was 91 and the number one, KLF. Goodbye. Five years with Viking, what was your highlight with them? The highlight was doing the first show, I think. I think that first show for me, to be on an EMAP radio station, to think to myself, right, okay, you know, we're kind of going places now. I'm not just a one radio station person. I've now spread my wings. I've had the confidence to kind of go on and do things. But then the gigs were massive as well. Talked about Party on the Pier. There were others. There was Feel the Noise Live. We did at East Park, 70,000 people that day. The Casey Stadium, we did Foxy and Tom's Big Bash. We had Westlife headlining that. We did our shows from the stadium all day long. That was a brilliant day in 2004. But yeah, it's always going to be the first show, I think, Luke. Once you get that first show out of the way, it's like, right, what's next? And you start rubbing your hands together. But uh, yeah, Viking, good five years in fairness. So 2005, and we are staying in Yorkshire. Um, You don't make it down to Sheffield quite, but instead to Leeds and begin a seven-year stint with Radio Air. Now, you had done cover for them previously, um, and was that sort of the open door to get in the full-time gig with them? Maybe. I don't know. Stuart Baldwin, who was Andrew Robson's deputy when I joined Viking, then got the main job when Andrew moved to Key 103. So Stuart then left Viking in about 2003 to go to Radio Air. And when he arrived at Radio Air, he had poached Alex and Liz from Galaxy to join the afternoon show. They were going to do Drive, but they couldn't start for a couple of weeks. So I'm doing mids on Viking and Stuart phoned me up and he's like, how do you fancy just, you know, coming across for a couple of weeks, doing two shows a day, driving to Leeds and doing some stuff on Radio Air? I'm like, absolutely, you know, iconic station like Radio Air. You, you can't say no. So what happened was, I think Stuart and I kept in touch and everybody then, after five years anywhere, is ready for the next challenge. And I think I've made that pretty clear to a few people. I'd had a couple of conversations at Virgin in London, at Golden Square with Paul Jackson, and they went really well and that didn't materialise. I'm itching to kind of do something else at this stage. So then Stuart was looking for a mid-morning presenter to come in at Radio Air and Rossi was leaving to go to Radio City to take over mids there, Simon Ross. And he thought I'd be the ideal replacement. Obviously, he'd managed me at Viking doing mid-mornings and I I think he kind of saw a like-for-like replacement at Radio Air and it didn't take much persuasion, to be fair. Leeds is a fantastic city. You know, there's lots of competition in Leeds at the time. Galaxy was flying. Real Radio was starting to do some things. Radio 2, of course, across the UK had started eating at people's audience. So commercial radio was a tough place. And he, he just believed in me, but he was a really good radio mentor as well and really understood big personality breakfast show. And then when you got to mid-mornings, you didn't need that music presenter that is going to kickstart the workday and keep the music flowing. And yeah, he let me loose on Radio Air and obviously uh, had a really good time. And the social life in Leeds. Oh my goodness. That is so good, isn't it? Brand new single by Josh Stone out on March 5th. The new album out on March 12th. The new album is called Introducing Josh Stone. That'll be huge, that... 12.52, Liz on the radio today from 1 o'clock with another four songs in a row and details and how you can win 50 grand a convertible Audi in a Caribbean holiday. Right now, the Pussycat Dolls, a radio air. And it's also worth mentioning, um, as well as that, during your time at air, you were also presenting shows for the Magic Network, um, which I believe uh, was just ne- was in the next studio in the same building, wasn't it? It was. And the shows that I did for Magic Luke were pre-records. So I did a show initially called Magic Moments, which was playing 
Ella Fitzgerald and Frank Sinatra it was interesting because I hadn't turned 30, I don't think, at that point. And then they moved me on to the Magic Network overnight show again with pre-recorded links. I remember going up to Metro in Newcastle to do the voice tracking for that. Here we are then, Monday morning. Hope your weekend was good. This is Paul Griffiths. And this is Magic Through the Night, the best of the 60s, 70s and more. Hope your night shift's going really well. I've got loads of great music to get you right through, including songs like this on magic Once in your life, you find her. if I ever came home late in a taxi I'd say to the taxi driver I'll oh, put magic on you know let's have a listen to magic knowing that I'd be on so I can have a little listen but magic oh my goodness what a radio station between the two did you have a favourite well between radio air and magic yeah it's got to be radio air Everybody who texts me today will get a shout out. Everybody gets on Facebook also. If you want to tweet me, it's at Radio Air, facebook.com slash Radio Air. You can text me on 63103. Start your message with the word air. This is Griffo, Friday morning in Leeds. All of these songs from the same year, 30 minutes, non-stop music. Tomo, the plumber, and Sparky, working in Morley, 2003. Uh, morning to Rama at DHL. He said, Griffo, this is 03, the year I met the missus. Good luck, the rhinos tonight, 03. Uh, morning to Jules in Stanley. Lee going for 03. Old school Pete, you've got it right today. Well done, you always get it right. Vicky, Sarah and Amanda in Headingley, painting and decorating. Needs to be done at some point, doesn't it? Have a great day. Thanks for your guess. You're two out. Red Hot Chili Peppers can't stop. This is Radio Air's Top 10 at 10. It's been an icon since 1981. It was just a great place to be and obviously stepping into the shoes of amazing guys that had come before. So, and party in the park, let's not forget that, Luke. I mean, you know, that was a lead city council-led thing. So we partner with those guys. We put on a free gig at Temple Newsom. You know, 80,000 people would roll up and we get huge artists. I probably think the most showbiz time at Radio Air was when we had, because Simon Logan did the breakfast show, we had something called the Logie Copter. And this was a helicopter, a bit like the Flying Iron Capital. You'd go over Leeds in a helicopter, do the travel news every single morning. We had a Hummer. <laughs> so massive budgets back then it was, Luke, because I think it did like eight miles to the gallon. So we had a, a radio station Hummer and a radio station helicopter. And uh, we're doing Party in the Park at Temple Newsom. And right up by Temple Newsom House is the Hummer and the helicopter side by side. I mean, how showbiz is that? Radio Air definitely was my favourite out of the two, but both great stations. Oh. Morning, this is Radio Air Leeds. Jake Angel at breakfast with Griffo and Hayley. Good morning. Hayley Townsend, enjoying the show today? I'm loving the show today, Griffo, thank you. There with your little pink recorder. I am <laughs> <laughs> uh, like the Simon Cowell when it comes to ideas for new things on this show. Uh, yesterday, uh, Hayley brought in a pink recorder and I came up with this genius idea, which could be a TV show. I think Channel 5 would go with it. Recorder Idol. Imagine that, getting a load of celebrities on the stage every night playing songs on the recorder. That's a a ratings winner if ever I heard one. I'd so win it. (laughs) You would as well. You're pretty good. So uh, here's the deal. Then producer Rob, we've got some Pixie Lot albums to give away this week. So Hayley, you're playing right now. Go for it. Just too good. (laughs) So 2012 comes along and you leave there. Um, Was it tough to say goodbye? Because after Marcher, which you'd been there for over for about 10 years with, uh, I'm I'm thinking air was the second longest station you'd been with. Yeah, it certainly was. And it was a bit of an odd time in fairness, Luke. I think the radio station, we had more bosses than we had presenters. It was crazy. So we'd have PD, we'd have a deputy PD. And I was doing my mid-mornings and the top 30 of the weekends. And I was programme manager. To have so many chiefs around the place, it felt a bit awkward. And um, I think there was a lot of not getting on. And when you've got a lot of people kind of doing the same job, you feel like you're stepping on people's toes and people just start falling out and disliking each other. And it didn't end great, but you know, life moves on, doesn't it? I always say that things happen for a reason. And so yeah, September, 2012, that kind of came to an end. And then I kind of went on a bit of a, a freelancing tour of the UK, which was kind of fun because I'd spent so long at these stations, you know, 10 at MFM, five at Viking, seven going on eight actually at Radio Air doing the same show mid-mornings, it was quite nice to then 
spread my wings again and just say I'm available to do freelance. And if it leads to full-time gigs, then fair enough. So then, yeah, I went on a bit of a tour. I did, um, within a few days, I was doing the evening show on Gem 106 in Nottingham. Thank you, Mel. Tuesday night. This is Paul Griffiths here. How are you? I've got some pretty substantial mystery voices news for you in a minute. So hang on for that. And loads of brilliant music for Tuesday night as well. The script on the way, Savage Garden, first Lisa Stansfield and all around the world. And then I was doing free radio in Birmingham. So this is Griffo for Russ, Hall of Fame, free radio. Loads of you had a crack in here today. And loads of you got it right as well. Played some brilliant tunes. Daniel Bedingfield and Train. Wheaters was in there, Ruda Silva and Blue as well. Jane got it right. She's in the city centre. She said Griffo loving the tunes today. Uh, 2001, Kev Painting in Worley got it right as well. As did Anne and Mel having a coffee morning at the moment at Lloyd's. Yes, the year was 2001. It was the year Birmingham got to the Worthington Cup. England did beat West Germany and this was massive from Jennifer Lopez. And Hart in Birmingham. Not bad afternoon across the West Midlands. Bit cloudy, chance of rain tonight. Four degrees at the moment, down to zero overnight. Paul Griffiths here, stay there for Robbie and Candy. Gabriella Chilmy, right now Heavy D and the boys. Day weather forecast. I did some stuff, a few shows at the Pulse of West Yorkshire, and then I did a couple of shows down on the south coast at Hart, which was a, a fair drive down to Fairham. Thursday afternoon, hope you're good. This is Paul Griffiths, and this is Hard Drive Time. Going to play Carmen soon, UB40, but first, probably the biggest song of last year. I think you might know all the words to Carly Ray Jepsen. Here's Call Me Maybe. This is Hart. It was a nice little time just to go and see other stations, how they operate. And it's also worth mentioning, am I right in thinking you have you have been on all four corners of Yorkshire radio? I think so. I think so. Yeah, when you look at it, it's interesting when you look at the geography of Yorkshire, when you go as far as you do all the way down to Hull, they always say to go to Hull, you have to be going to Hull. And then you've got obviously Leeds, which is right in the centre. And then I've done some stuff at Hallam and... Pulse One, which we'll probably come on to very soon, and Minster FM as well in York. So I've been in Yorkshire for a long time, but yes, I've enjoyed myself in Yorkshire. I met my wife in Yorkshire, my kids go to school in Yorkshire. Very proud to live here. So it's after 18 months of freelancing on various stations across the country um, that you are back in Yorkshire (laughs) by coincidence. (laughs) And uh, this time now you begin the six year stint with Pulse. So how was it the Pulse venture began? Yeah, well, prior to that, I'd kind of done the Minster FM breakfast show. So that lasted for about 16, 17 months over in York. I lived in Tadcaster at the time, so it was perfect. It was just kind of up the road. We had our baby girl at that time. So I was getting up at 4am doing the breakfast show and then kind of doing 10, 12 hour days for the radio station. And it was just killing me. When you've got a newborn and they don't sleep a great deal, it's just to then go and do a breakfast show and and long days because for the radio group UKRD at the time, the presenters had to do full days. It wasn't like a freelance thing where you go in and you do your show and maybe do a bit of prep and hang around for a little bit. No, it was full days and it was just, you know, in the end it kind of burnt me out. Do you know what's so good about the clocks going forward this weekend, Rebecca? What's that? Is that actually my car will then tell the right time and so will the cooker in the kitchen. Oh, that'll be very handy. (laughs) Every time it goes forward, they go right. And when they go back, I'm an hour out every time. All right, 8.23, Free Fuel Friday. From Minster FM, this is Griffo in the morning. Thank you for choosing us. Hello, Chloe Rhodes. Chloe from Easingwold. You are going to get 50 quid worth of free fuel from our stickers, the Griffo in the morning Minster. FM car stickers. The unique code on your Mini Cooper is 3538. 3538. Chloe Rhodes, you've got until 9 o'clock to phone me. And if you know Chloe, tip her off. Tony McKenzie was running Pulse One. 
Terry Underhill was group director of UTV, as it was then. And uh, they were keen to revamp the radio station because it was moving premises from the legendary Pennine House across the road to new state-of-the-art studios. Really lovely. So they were looking for a drive presenter and they approached me. Yeah, it was kind of a no-brainer to go join the team of what they were doing at Pulse One in Milo and Rosie on Breakfast. At the time we had Paul Foster, who was doing mid-mornings, who's also ex-Viking and Radio Air. And yeah, slotted in quite nice on Drive and really enjoyed that. I did that for about three years. Griffo, Griffo, the best music mix. Every time you switch us on, just the good stuff, the best music mix, Pulse One, with five in a row. Rita Ora, your song, Living Joy from the 90s, into Ed Sheeran. And right now, classic Whitney Houston. I've got a joke for Alba. Oh, what have you got? Tell me. Right, how do you organise a party on the moon? How do you organise a party on the moon, Jill? Planet. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Do you want to hear Alba's joke today? Yeah. Okay, here it is. Hello. Why did the chicken go to seance? I don't know, Alba. Why did the chicken go to seance? To get to the other side. (laughs) (laughs) Charlie XCX, boom, clap. Drive time, Pulse One, Friday. Scary Halloween. Uh, Thriller, the musical starts at the Bradford Alhambra on Monday. I want to send you. I've got the final pair of tickets to give away right now. Uh, my number's 01274 200 200. Here is the Michael Jackson song you need to identify for your chance to win. Good luck from Pulse One. And then they switched me to mid-mornings <laughs> for three years. And I got a nomination in 2018 for Wireless Group Music Presenter of the Year. I lost that one to Kate Lawler. Not bitter. <laughs> But Pulse One, great radio station, fantastic camaraderie. But, you know, we really kind of owned that patch on quite a tight budget. There was no massive marketing spend. We kind of got out there and did our thing. And the radio station just sounded big on air. Let me just do this. (laughs) Here we go. You know, know, it wouldn't be right if I didn't do this, would it? They don't do it anymore, do they? But they should. I mean... This was, this was the music. When I was on X Factor, this was it. This one made the show. And if you're just tuning in thinking, I know that voice. He is a guy from Essex. <laughs> For number one single. He's wearing a stupid jacket today. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to face <laughs> the music. <laughs> hey, what's happening? Mr. Ali Merz is here. Hello. It's a, it's a pleasure. This live live. Well, this, that... this is live oh, God, live. Okay. So this means you have to control your tongue slightly, Mr. Hello, Pulse One. What's happening? We kind of had license to do whatever we wanted on the air, within reason. If I wanted to go on and do the five-minute link, and if it was interesting, then I wouldn't get told off for it. If I wanted to do a new feature, I wouldn't get told off for it. The format wasn't that strict. We were trusted enough as professionals to do it properly, and that was really good. So you never felt pressured on the air. You always went on really confident, and uh, I think that really came out the speakers. Then, of course... That kind of ended in the end. Pulse One, Saturday afternoon. And that, as they say, is that. 30 years ago, when I went into my careers teacher, Bryn Offer School in Wrexham and said, look, I'd love to be on the radio, play music and talk for a living. They laughed in my face. So hopefully I've gone some way in the last 30 years to proving them wrong a little bit. And I guess if I went into the same careers teacher in 2020 and said the same thing, then a laugh might be appropriate the way the radio industry has changed over the last few years. I've got to thank the team here at Pulse One. It's been a blast. Six of some of the best years in my radio career. Thanks to you for listening. Mike Toulon has the honour of broadcasting to you this coming Monday from 10. And if you give him the same support you've given me over the last six years, he is in for a blast. Thank you, West Yorkshire. Until we meet again. Bye-bye. It it ended, but um, since leaving Pulse, you've been uh, busier than ever because you've started a syndicated programme. Um, and um, also, you have you're about to begin a new venture with the BBC. <laughs> yeah, so the '80s remix thing came about because I'd always planned, even before Bauer kind of took over and did what they did, I'd always planned to come off air in the September of that year to look after my baby boy, who's now two, do full-time childcare, run my voice business and just kind of work from home, which is a luxury and and it's been an absolute joy. 
But there came a point where the cover work wasn't that regular. And I just missed being behind the microphone and missed doing radio. So 80s Remix was really devised out of my love for the 1980s. And those rare 12-inch records that you don't hear on the radio. And I just thought, well, maybe there's a show in that. And I won't do massive shows. I'll just do an hour a week and I'll put it on my website and I'll upload it to Mixcloud and just see what the vibe is and see if people like it. Hey, if nobody listens to it, Luke, I don't care because it's a buzz to put together and it really enjoy presenting it. It's 80s Remix. Stand by. Stand by. Stand by. Grippo is here. Hey, yeah. And 80s Remixed is go. Go. Paul Griffiths. Turn your volume up. Paul Griffiths. And prepare. Prepare. This, this yeah. is 80s Remixed, loaded, loaded, and ready to play. Go! Hey, it's good to be back. I'm Griffo. This is 80s Remixed. You are in for a treat as we enter show 15 this week. The Blow Monkeys, Hall and Oates, Simply Red, plus the amazing song where rap met rock. We're talking Run DMC and Aerosmith. I think you know the one. We start in 1986, the same year as that one, actually. Vocal by Melvin Gentry, remix Reggie Calloway, Midnight Star, Midas Touch. And as it happens, people do really like it. And like you say, the syndication thing was never in my head, but people have taken the show. 80s Remix lives on. I think we've done about 15 hours worth now. I've got tons of material left to go, so that's going to ride on. BBC Radio Leeds approached me very recently. Um, So yeah, at the start of March, initially, I'll be doing some cover work there across the network. So not just Radio Leeds, it's going to be Humberside and Lincolnshire and Sheffield and York. And I've been booked in for a lot of cover work from Leeds, so that's going to be brilliant. So 30 years in commercial radio, and then hopefully retirement of the BBC. Now that would be nice, wouldn't it? It most certainly would, it most certainly would. Well, I have to ask, with all the experience you've had in 30 years um, and being a presenter and also a programmer, um, I've got to ask, what advice would you give to anyone who is choosing radio as a career? I think most of the people that you've had on would always say, follow your dreams. You know, if I was to take that careers teacher's advice back in the day, then I probably never would have done 30 years on the radio, maybe not even one show. It's changed a lot. Like 30 years ago, every single day part of a radio station needed filling. So they took a risk on me doing Saturday evenings as the first show, you know, from eight till midnight. That doesn't really exist in commercial radio anymore. Obviously, you've got Global and Bauer now that own a lot of the old local commercial radio stations that only put one local show on a day, if any at all. I think the youth getting into radio, if they've got the radio bug, I think community radio is really winning through at the moment. There's some amazing community radio stations out there. One of the stations that takes 80s Remixed is Lim Radio, and that's a load of the old MFM guys who set that up. That's, you know, Phil Roberts and Paul Smith and Ian James. They run that, and it's a community radio station, and it really serves the locality. And there's so many other guys doing exactly the same across the UK. And I think once the local advertisers really cotton on to the fact that these guys are serving their TSA and serving their patch with commitment and loyalty and great, excellent programming, then I think they'll start to make proper businesses out of these community stations. And that is certainly where young people who want to get into radio are going to, what they call cut their teeth, have experience behind the microphone. Radio is definitely there for everybody, whether it's hugely paid for everybody or they can make a 30-year career in it and buy a house. Maybe, maybe not. But you've got to love local radio. I think it's going to come full circle. I really do. And I think the next time that happens, local radio has got to cut its cloth accordingly and live within its means so that it can be more sustainable. And I think that's the bottom line. But if you're a real big radio fan and you love it, it's um, really rewarding being behind the microphone, really is. And finally, Paul, I have to ask, who is your radio great? Radio great, Bruno Brooks. Absolutely. He just made things sound big and um, and exciting. Uh, listening to Radio 1 Top 40, him and Liz on a Saturday morning doing the most incredible breakfast show and Sony award-winning as it was, he, for me, was the guy that I kind of looked at and thought, yeah, he knows. So, yeah, Bruno Brooks, 
obviously doing mids on Radio Air, kind of felt I've kind of stepped into his shoes at some point. But yeah, what a legend. Well, Paul Griffiths, a.k.a. Griffo, thank you ever so much for joining us on this week's edition of Radio Greats. An absolute pleasure. Thank you, Luke. Remembering the great DJs of radio, it's Radio Greats with the live Luke.